Well, this morning, I'm speaking on Psalm 91. And this was always one of my mother's favorite. And my mother was a very, is, was, she's in eternity now, but a very godly woman. And she, she could memorize scripture, memorize uh, names. Whenever she was um, in the nursing care facility after her eyes had gone and, and declining, she would go through her prayer list. And she, would, had an, she had over 120 people on that list, and she would start with number one and go through all 120. Well, she would also uh, quote scripture, and she would also tell you what uh, she had read uh, when she was a child and uh, poems and things. So I was never gifted with that, so, <laughs> but I'm glad my mother was. But the scripture that we're looking at today is Psalm 91. I've entitled the message that God is my keeper. Now, it's difficult, it's um, different than what we're normally used to. Uh, we've had the internet and the, the live broadcasting live stream for, for a long time now, thanks to Jose. And thank you, Jose, if you're watching. And um, we're thankful to him and others that have participated in Terry and how that he c continues to make it work. But it's just something about today, <clears throat> knowing that we've asked people, you know, not to come to church and to stay at home and watch it live. Well, it's just something about that makes it just a little different than uh, the weeks and so on pri previous to this. But um, when we think about the new normal, um, we think about where we're at as a nation and where we're at as individuals and families. Um, there's always, for us, for what's going on in our life, we have an optimism that we have hope. And, you know, some of our hope is based on our society, the nation in which we live, that the president and his council cabinet that he's put together and the, the people who are doing the research and trying to find the vaccine and trying to find uh, whatever's necessary to halt this uh, virus that is attacking our world. But one of the things that is troubling is that some individuals approach life as if, well, there's nothing changed. There's nothing really wrong. I'm going to go and do as I please, and I'm not going to alter my lifestyle at all. And it's sad that denial is, is not a coping mechanism. Denial, I always like the little phrase, denial is more than a river in Egypt. You know, so people sometimes get into this denial state. But I, I wonder what they are thinking, but I have to go back to what I am thinking. And the reason I have hope and the reason I believe we have hope as a nation and hope as individuals and hope as a church is that God himself has a plan and that God himself has a purpose and that God will watch over us and take us through this and no matter what happens in our life, whether we live or die, we belong to God. So we approach life with that security, but not with a, an abandoned recklessness, but with hope and with an understanding that we have a mission, a mission to serve God and to serve others and to do our part in keeping them healthy. Well, one of the um, outlines that as I added to this um, text of, of uh, Psalm 91 was that whenever I was um, 
worked, I was a chaplain in the hospital and worked with terminally ill patients for many, many years and their families. Um, some individuals would say, well, how do you prepare to die? Well, listen to the end of this. So how do you prepare to die? Well, in, in my summation, I would say, make sure things are right between you and God. Make sure things are right with you, that you have forgiven yourself, and, you know, let go of your past and think about where God is taking you in the future. That's the blessing of forgiveness. And that you make things right with other people. So that you're right with God, right with yourself, and you're right with other people. And then I would say, well, now you're ready to live. So we're not preparing. We're preparing to meet God, but we're also preparing to meet life. And as we look at this psalm, I think of it as a preparation it's a preparation where the, the psalmist, the author, is telling us about God is my keeper. God is the one who is going to sustain me. And that as God sustains me in my life, he, is, he initiates a spiritual awakening inside of us. And he kind of gives to us this understanding about where we're supposed to go whenever we have this understanding with God. So, Psalm 90, this little opening where the snare is, and they will become snared or caught or trapped. And it's a noose around the, the animal's neck. So surely God will deliver me from the snare of the fowler of the hunter and from the noisome pestilence. I didn't noisome. I looked at that and I said, well, you know, it's a, it's a lousy, noisy pestilence, but really no, it isn't that at all. It is, a, um, it, is an, uh, it is something offensive to the sense of smell. It's a noisome garbage. So that we are, we are delivered from the snare of the fowler and from the smell of the pestilence, this contagious, infectious, epidemic disease. That's what pestilence, a contagious, infectious, epidemic disease. Surely we sh he, God, shall deliver me from the snare you know, with so many things going on in our society and, you know, the news and fake news or the news that is, you know, people just creating things to create chaos. So there, there are many things out there we can listen to, but we need to listen to what the scripture is telling us about God and what he has promised to help us with. He says, I will deliver you from the snare of the hunter and from that awful smell of this, of this disease. Um, I was thinking of uh, the, the smell. Sometimes uh, people who were trying to bait or catch animals, predators, they would allow something to decay uh, and put it in, a, and put it in a, a place or a trap to try and entice the, the animal into the, into the trap. So perhaps that's what this hunter is looking at. And then there, verse 4. God shall cover you with his feathers. So we have a number of analogies going on here. We have becoming close with God to the point that it's, it's hard to distinguish or separate us from God. We are sitting in his presence. We are military. We, are, we have a defense. We have a shield. We have a walled city. We have a, a snare, a fowler trying to catch us. 
And now he's likening what we are in or what we are covered with, that we are covered with his feathers. <laughs> he spreads his wings over us. You know, I remember um, reading uh, about these firemen that had, were going through the, the forest, you know, these wildfires. And as they were putting out the hot spots, they came across this little teepee, as it were, uh, a, a, a setting there erect in the middle of the fire. And they looked closely, and it was a bird. It was like a, a pheasant or a grouse or some type of animal like that. And so the individual went over, and he, you know, kicked it and knocked it over. And out from underneath that pheasant came all these little chicks. <laughs> so that pheasant, that bird had sacrificed itself to protect its chicks underneath its feathers. And he shall cover thee. God is saying that the psalmist is telling us that God will cover you with his feathers. Under his wings shalt thou trust. He's going, God will keep us secure in this place. Going back to verse 1, you see how the security continues to evolve through this, this, this psalm. And his truth shall be thy shield and buckler. God's faithfulness is like a shield in a city wall. God's faithfulness to us. So as we learn, you know, um, well, I often say that uh, God is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Well, Jesus Christ is the beginning and ending of our faith. What we believe, we believe that God himself has spoken in his scriptures, in the word, to us, to our spirit that gives us hope in times of trouble, and the psalmist here talks about this, that God is this shield, or as a city wall, he will keep us. We're almost transparent in his presence. We are delivered from the snare. We are covered with his feathers. We are secure in his love for us. <laughs> Verse 5, well, verse, the end of verse 4, he, you can trust him to surround and protect you. <laughs> verse 5, thou shalt not be afraid. <laughs> Think of that. So all these things are bringing us to a point where you're not to be afraid. New Testament talks about the perfect love casts out all fear. The the understanding of God's perfect love for us will displace, drive away fear. The fear of life, <laughs> the fear of death. The fear of what may come, fear. False, Zig Ziglar called it false evidence appearing real. Fear. So, thou shalt not be afraid. You have nothing to fear. I am right with you, God is saying. Forgiven. I am forgiven by God. I have forgiven myself. I have forgiven others. I am now set free to live without fear. My sins are forgiven. I have right relationship with God. I have right relationship with myself. I can forgive myself for the things I've done wrong. I can forgive others for the hurts that they have, some intentionally, some unintentionally, have made in my life. I can forgive them. I will not be afraid. <laughs> I will not be afraid for the terror by night, <laughs> the darkness, 
when you cannot see what's coming in your imagination, it kind of takes over. I will not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day. You won't need to worry, another version says, about dangers, the enemy's arrows during the day. Do you know what the terror, the terror really aligns to? It is death is symbolized as the king of terror. Death is symbolized as the king of terror. And so I will not be afraid in these Psalms, these, these scriptures here that talk about the arrow and the thousands and ten thousand die. And so it's reminding us of death that is maybe all around us, but we do not need to be afraid of dying. I'm right with God. God has helped me to be right with myself. God has helped me to forgive and be right with people. I'm not afraid to live, and I'm not afraid to die, though 10,000 fall, 1,000 fall. <laughs> he who sits down with God in the secret place of the Most High, you stay, we stay in his shadow. He is our fortress. He is our place where we find our peace. Verse 7. A thousand shall fall at thy side, ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. We would like to say that uh, all you have to do is believe and all the whole world may collapse and under an illness, but it will not touch you. And that seemingly is what, you know, if we look at that and read it in that, that context, it would say, wow, that's, you know, just believe and everything's okay. Well, we know that that's not how it works. But perhaps, perhaps we are, the psalmist here is reminded of the time in, in when the children of Israel were in Egypt and the plagues were brought upon the Egyptians in order to let the children of Israel go so that they would leave the captivity of Egypt and be able to go to their land of promise. And we find that there were the, the death of the firstborn of the Egyptian. Thousands would die at their side, but it wouldn't come nigh their dwelling because they had followed the, the direction of Moses that the lamb would be slain and the blood of the lamb would be placed upon the doorpost of their home and the angel of death would pass over, pass over those homes. And when Christ is in our life and his blood has been applied to our lives, death passes over. Death has no longer, no longer has a claim over us. Verse 8. Only with thine eyes, only with your eyes shall you behold and see the reward of the wicked. So you see, when life is over and we're standing with God, eternity is before us we will see the punishment of the wicked. In this life, we wonder, how long can these people get away with it? You know, those who hurt and murder and, and kill and indiscriminately. How long can these wicked, they, these terrors, continue in our life? Well, there is a day in which we will all stand before God, but we do not need to be afraid of death. We do not need to be afraid of standing with God because we stand with God now. 
We stand with God now. The same God that stands with us now in our hearts and our lives is the same God we're going to stand with in eternity when we are risen from the dead and we are standing there in eternity. The same God who is there is the same God who is here now. And, and, and it isn't that we live in fear because his fear, fear doesn't have a place in his presence. <laughs> Verse 9. Because thou hast made the Lord in this life I have made the Lord my refuge, my shield, my city wall. Even the Most High, I've made him my habitation, my residence. I live with him. Jesus said in, in, um, in John chapter 17, he said, I gave them this glory. This is Jesus speaking in his prayer. I gave them this glory so that they can be one. Just, and he's speaking of he and the Father, just as you and I are one, Father, I will be in them and they and, and you will be in me, and so they will be completely one. God is, Jesus is in the Father, the Father is in Christ, Christ is in us and we are in Christ and in the Father. We are one. <laughs> the Lord has made, we have made the Lord our refuge, our shield, we are one with God. He is one with us. We are in this together. There is no separation. There's God and I together in this. Then we go on to verse 10. There shall no evil befall you, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. <laughs> hmm. Well, <laughs> Passover, the blood of the Lamb, the dwelling where we live, where do we live? Verse one, we sit in the presence of the most holy God. And in his presence, there is no fear. Fear, there is no plague that comes near the plague of death. Our body may die, but the life that God has given us is eternal. He will give his angels, verse 11, he will give command of his angels to protect you wherever you go. God is my keeper. He will give his angels charge over us to keep us. And then we go on and says, well, in, in, in Psalm 34, 7 says, the Lord's angel builds a camp around about his followers to protect them. So God sends his angels to protect us and to follow and to, and to keep us. The angel of the Lord is around us. Verse 12, they shall bear thee up, though they shall bear you and I up in their hands. You see, <laughs> you remember the plaque that says, you know, the, the footsteps on the sand of the, of the seashore, that there was two walking together and then there was one, and God and I were walking together and then there was just one and I felt like I was left alone and it ends up saying, well, that is where I carried you. So we find that whenever we feel like we are alone and that we're in this and we, <laughs> how is this all going to work out? I don't know how I can go on. I won't be afraid because God's angels are around me. God himself is in me and I am in him and we are in this together 
And I don't need to be afraid of dying because I'm living in Christ and nothing, no matter how many people fall or whatever happens, the righteous will have life and protection and security because God is my keeper. Verse 13. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder. And the one translation says, I will kick them off the path. <laughs> I thought that was pretty neat. Now I'm, I'm walking down the path and there's a lion and a snake and I just kick them off the path. I, will, I shall tread upon the lion and the adder, the young lion and the dragon thou shalt trample under feet. You will overpower them. You know, one of the things is we feel like we're very limited, that we will be overpowered. These things will overtake us. And this, t this text is telling us, you will overpower, you will overcome the strongest lions and the most deadly of snakes, you will overcome them. So no matter what the disease is, no matter what the problem is, this psalmist is telling us, you're going to kick them off the path. You're going to be able to take, you're going to be able to handle this. You see, start putting together all the things that speak about our strong, secure place we have in God. Verse 14. Because God hath set his love upon me. You want to know why God is going to do all this? Because he loves you. That's it. He's going to do all of these things for us, through us, in us, around us, because he loves me. Therefore, I will deliver him. I will set him on high because we know his name. <laughs> wow. If you love me and truly know who I am, I will rescue you and keep you safe. <laughs> if we trust him, I will protect, he says. All of this comes because he loves us. I always think of John 3.16, for God so loved the world. We all have heard that scripture text. He loves us that much that he came to die for us, but he is going to keep us. He shall call, verse 15, he shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. The love of God comes to us because he comes to us because he loves us. And then he says, when we call upon him, pray. <laughs> Just give our thoughts to God about what we would like him to do because where are we living? We're living in the presence of God. We are forgiven. And it's almost like people can't see the difference between God and you because we're a lot alike in some ways, <laughs> we're forgiven. I'm forgiven. I forgive myself. I forgive others. I can live. I can live here and now without being afraid. I can live for eternity, though 10,000 fall and 1,000 fall. I'm safe in God's presence. And we will call upon him and God will answer 
I will be with him, God says. I will be with you in time of trouble. I will deliver him and I will honor him. I will protect and honor. Verse 16. With long life will I satisfy him. And I think of that in the context of with eternal life we will be satisfied. And that God will show us his salvation. His salvation is a gift free to us, saving us from ourselves. <laughs> saving us from the mistakes we have made. Willful, intentional, or unintentional, we are forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ and that his forgiveness reigns within our hearts and lives. And if we sin, we have an advocate. We have one who intercedes for us, and his name is Jesus. For God is the keeper. God is my keeper. And so I would like to read this psalm again as I, as I close. And I'm going to skip some of the, the words, but I, I want us to just kind of get the picture of this. And it's, I've, I've changed some words around a little. And it's from the easy read version. He says, You can go, you can go to God, most high, to hide, to become one with. You can go to God, all-powerful, for protection. Then he says, as you go to God, I say to the Lord. Now I declare, I've gone, and now I declare, you are my place of safety. You are my fortress. My God, I trust you. I can say God will save me from all the hidden dangers from the deadly diseases. I can go to him for protection. He will cover me like a bird spreading its wings over its babies. I can trust him to surround and protect me like a shield. I will have nothing to fear at night and I will have no need to be afraid of the enemy's arrows during the day. I will have no fear of diseases that come in the dark or the terrible suffering that may come at noon. A thousand people may fall dead at my side and 10,000 right beside me, but nothing bad will happen to me. Nothing will bring fear into my life. All I will do is watch, and I will see the wicked and how they are punished. I trust in the Lord for protection I have made God most high my place of safety. So nothing bad will happen to me. No disease will come near my home. God will command his angels to protect me wherever I go. Their hands will catch me so that I will not hit my foot on a rock. I will have power to trample on lions and poisonous snakes. Kick them aside. The Lord says... Okay, all this has been, I go, you go, I trust. Verse 14, the Lord says, If someone trusts me, I will save them. I will protect my followers who call to me for help. When my followers call to me, I will answer them. I will be with them when they are in trouble. I will rescue them and honor them. I will give my followers a long life and show them my power to save. 
Isn't that lovely? Be right with God. God, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my sins, intentionally and unintentionally. God, forgive me. God, help me to forgive myself. Things maybe I've done intentionally, unintentionally. Things, oh God, that haunt me of my past. God, forgive me. Help me to forgive me (laughs) of what I've done. God, help me to forgive others. Help me to forgive them who hurt me, who lied about me, who betrayed me. God, help me to let go of their pain, the pain that I have in my life that I've put there because of them. Help me to forgive them. And now, God, I'm ready to live without fear. I'm ready to live until I live again without fear. Jesus, I thank you for hearing our prayers. Thank you, Jesus, for coming and making yourself real to us. That your word, O God, speaks through our lives and to our spirit. And that, Lord, you touch us in a way that only you can. So be with us now. Be with each one that is listening. And be with, God, our our nation, our president, and those who are struggling and working so tirelessly to find a cure. God, be with them, give them wisdom, give them breakthroughs. But most of all, God, we thank you for your presence that is with us and that you will keep us through the night and through the day. And Lord, we thank you for hearing our prayers. We ask your blessing in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you.